You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Lance designed run, sneaking through a hole. Look at the strength of Lance. And now the speed down the sideline. Stips arms a man at the 20. 55 yards, touchdown. See how much bigger, stronger he is? He uses the strength here. He busts, look at that, through those two arm tackles. And now the speed. All right, let's use the strength one more time with that left hand, getting that out there, keep the defender away from his legs, and he takes it in. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski on the BetQL Audio Network. Joe Ostrowski and Chris Raji here. Download the BetQL app today and use our promo code daily for 20% off any subscription. BetQL helps you beat the sports books. They tell you which side professional bettors are picking, provides real-time line movement and historical betting results. Promo code daily, 20% off any subscription. So uh, the three-day draft is a is a wrap in over the last few days. You've heard a lot of reaction from all sorts of analysts and the grades are being handed out. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, There was a lot of drama involved as well. You heard the highlight coming back uh, from Trey Lance and just to sit there with the Niners on the clock. And if you weren't paying attention to the betting markets, you weren't, weren't hundred percent sure what they were going to do because in the preceding weeks we were hearing it's Mac Jones, Mac Jones is why they moved up to number three. Uh, let's bring in Matt Bowen at Mo, Matt Bowen 41 on Twitter, former NFL DB, now a writer and an analyst for ESPN. You see him on ESPN NFL's matchup, read his work, ESPN.com. And Matt, that is uh, obviously the big storyline here. Those five quarterbacks, Going in the top 15, I uh, really appreciate you jumping on the show here. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, I think you kind of have to push him to the side with this conversation. But for you personally, when you look at play caller, personnel matchup, uh, which quarterback team um, result that we see in the first round here do you love the most? Well, Joe, I have to say the player I like the most is probably Justin Fields of Chicago. Just because oh, yeah. of physical tools and traits. Um, he has the traits to take over football games. That's why you trade up and draft someone like a Justin Fields. He gives you a physical presence both inside and outside of the pocket. And he has the arm talent to attack all levels of the field. Plus, this second reaction, boy, and that was a discussion listening to you talk about Trey Lance in San Francisco. Consistently with that offense, with a lot of predictions, had Mac Jones going there because Mac Jones is a rhythm and timing thrower, throws with anticipation location doesn't have the high-end movement skills of a Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson or Trey Lance. But I think Mac Jones went to the best landing spot in terms of how his traits fit a pro passing offense at the New England Patriots. But, uh, you know, getting back to San Francisco, Joe, uh, there's no question that Trey Lance is a fit for that offense. You have to start with the play-action passing. Uh, 
that's part of his college offense at North Dakota State. And those play-action mechanics, working under center, hitting that back foot, reading the field, getting the ball out on time, attacking open windows, that transitions to the NFL game. That's what he's going to do in Kyle Shanahan's offense. And on top of that, just like Justin Fields, he gives you an added element on second reaction runs, second reaction throws, but also as a schemed runner on quarterback design rush schemes. And I think that's part of the offense you'll see when he eventually gets in the field with Kyle Shanahan is that offense is going to have more capability in terms of threatening defenses and critical game situations because those quarterback design runs as well. You know, Matt, I almost uh, feel, and I think a lot of other people probably uh, feel the same way about Shanahan, that it almost, not that it wouldn't matter the quarterback they selected, but if there was anybody who would be able to get the most out of a young quarterback or at least bring them up the right way, it would be him. I felt fairly confident in that. Is that a situation where it almost didn't matter if they would have taken Lance or, you know, Jones over Lance or if they would have uh, decided they liked Fields instead? Do you think we'd get to about the same result? Um, I think it'd be a little different. I, I think with Mac Jones that Kyle Shannon could scheme him up as a thrower. Uh, and he has enough movement ability inside the pocket. We can navigate some track traffic and you can get into the edge of boot schemes. But with Trey Lance and Justin Fields, I think they would have both they both elevate that offense. And that's what you're really, really looking for. It's one thing to be a scheme thrower in the NFL, which all these young rookie quarterbacks are gonna be uh, with respective offenses. But in my opinion, if you're drafting in the top five. You're looking for someone with those high-end physical tools and traits who can elevate your offense and also bring a playmaking element to the position. I think that's necessary in today's NFL, that ability to go off script. When you have to go off script, do you have those playmaking traits at the position? And with Trey Lance and Justin Fields, they both do. So that's when I was looking at who would go go number three and, and probably the best fit there because we're assuming Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson were going to go one and two like they did. I really focused in on Lance and Fields as the best fits there because of that also they bring that playmaking element to the offense. Matt, we uh, saw a bit of a quarterback run at the end of the second round and early in the third on Friday night. Want to get your thoughts. Like the Trask thing, okay, we understand. It makes sense. But that's Tom Brady's team. Not a huge deal there. But what I found interesting was Houston – And were they kind of getting worried that they were going to be stuck without a quarterback? It was their first draft pick to take Davis Mills. And then uh, Minnesota at the end of the second round, they end up going with Kellen Mond. What did you think about those selections and the players? Well, I really like Davis Mills. Obviously, his tape is limited. He only had 11 career starts in college. We're talking about a former five-star recruit who's got high-end arm talent. Really good footwork within inside the pocket. Doesn't have elite traits in terms of getting outside and creating off schedule. But as a pocket thrower who can be schemed up in the NFL, who has the arm talent to really attack all three levels of the field and throw with anticipation. I mean, I use the term developmental upside with Davis Mills because you are betting on the traits and betting on him developing with game reps in the NFL to become a starting quarterback, which I do think he can. Uh, with Kellen Mond, uh, you're looking at someone who has both run and pass ability, you know, playing the heavy play action system at Texas A&M this past year. He fits that offense in Minnesota because it is so play action heavy because of all the movement concepts. We see it consistently with Kirk Cousins, how they get him to the edge of the pocket and create those three level field reads down the field off of play action. I think he's excellent throwing on the run. 
and he can create off schedule. So those are two guys you look at right there. And I agree with you on Trask playing behind Tom Brady, but with Mond and Mills who have that developmental upside and mm-hmm. eventually will get a chance to compete for a number one spot. Well, let's go back to the, uh, the, the middle of the draft here. And we did mention the bears already, and there may not be a, um, a quarterback situation over the last few years that was more criticized th- than what the bears had. And what we don't know is how good is Matt Nagy? We, we know he's good at identifying talent because we, you know, we, we heard what his big board was in 2017 with the Mahomes and Watson and Trubisky draft. Do we know though, whether or not he's, he's going to be good at bringing along a quarterback like Justin Fields? That's a great question. Uh, but I do think you'll see his offense expand with a quarterback like Justin Fields because of those playmaking traits we just talked about. Now, I do. I will say this on Matt Nagy. What he did at the end of last season, I thought was very good coaching because he knew the limitations of Mitchell Trubisky as a pocket throw. So what do you see? A lot of play action. Getting Mitch uh, schemed up on vertical throws where you have max protection. Getting him to the edge of the pocket. Giving him quick reads and RPO and quick game throws. I thought that was a really good job of coaching. And you saw the results. Now, granted, it was that three-game stretch at the end of the season, you weren't playing the Chiefs and the Packers and the Bills. We understand that. But you're still seeing NFL competition. He put Mitch in a position where he could produce and play to his strengths at the position. So I do believe you will see his offense expand because of Justin Field, because of the traits, because he can process, because he can throw from the pocket. And that's the thing about Justin Fields we need to focus on more. Is yes, you can scheme as a runner like we talked about, but I see Justin Fields as a pocket thrower. I think that's where it starts with him. He can navigate traffic. He can move to reset his throwing window. He can get from one to two to three, and that's where the game starts. So how do you scheme inside the pocket, and then how do you scheme outside the pocket? I think it gives him more options. Joe Ostrowski, Chris Raji, this is BetQL Daily. Our guest, Matt Bowen, terrific analyst over at ESPN. And, Matt, I know uh, at ESPN you do uh, some fantasy stuff throughout the season and it's funny because we're in this era of, well, you know, running backs don't really matter. If you're going to draft them, you take them in the third or fourth round. And then we saw three go in the top 34, 35 picks, rather. Najee Harris, Travis Etienne in the first. Devontae Williams also goes. You had Trey Sermon go to San Francisco and then a run of four guys in the fourth round. Uh, which fits do you love with the RBs? Trey Sermon in San Francisco, that's where I'll start. Yeah, uh, Trey Sermon, it, it, he's his own runner, right? And that's what he's going to run to Kyle Shanahan, outside zone, where he can use his vision to make that one cut, press the ball to the second level. And the thing about Trey Sermon, if you go to the tape against Northwestern and Clemson, you know, Big Ten conference title game, national semifinal against high-level competition, you look at the contact balance. And that's the thing in the NFL. I think there's critical factors. You know, how fast can you get to the second level? Can you make people miss either, you know, slipping tackles or bouncing off the tackles or running through contact? And can you impact the pass game? I think Trey Sermon can do all three of those things for you. And he's in the proper system that caters to his traits as a runner. Matt, Aaron Rodgers is not happy. Um, he's made that very clear. The Packers have been, have made it clear they are not going to trade him, though I guess anything could happen. But let's say for the sake of argument, he does end up in a place like Denver. Um, how much does that change things for the Broncos if he were to end up there? 
Well, I think it makes them a serious contender, right? Because we know Vic Fangio and the defense, what they did to this offseason in terms of upgrading their secondary. You saw it in free agency, you saw it in the draft, especially with Patrick Sutan at number nine overall. And obviously with Aaron Rodgers, you would look at how he would elevate those young receivers they have in Denver. That's the biggest thing. You know, they drafted Judy last year. They drafted, you know, Judy in terms of his route running traits, the ability to separate, you know, elevating players like that. Noah Fan the tight end position from Iowa, who's a seam stretcher, worked in the middle of the field, has the ability to produce after the catch. And here's the thing about Aaron Rodgers. I've always said there's three quarterbacks right now. I use the term scheme transcendent. And what I mean by that, they can play in any system. And it's Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and Russell Wilson. So the system, it's not really about the fit because Rodgers can play in any system because of the arm talent, because of the second reaction ability, the ability to process, the ability to play off schedule. Those things fit with any system because of the high-level ability Aaron Rodgers has. So he would elevate that entire team. And I think that'd be a serious contender because of that defense and because of Vic Fangio's ability to game plan, plus the talent now he has all at all three levels of that defense. That's a team that can challenge anyone in the AFC if they have Aaron Rodgers. Uh, with ESPN's Matt Bowen here on BetQL Daily, uh, Matt, as you know, every general manager, they're, they're going to miss, and some of them are going to miss big. But were there any specific team drafts uh, that, that really impressed you with the process and players they were able to walk away with? Uh, yeah, I think you have to start with Miami. You know, what they did. Uh, even their first three picks, Jalen Waddle, Jalen Phillips, Javon Holland, those are scheme fits because of the traits and what they can do and the immediate impact they can make on both sides of the football. You know, I like what the Jets did, too. I mean, we understand Zach Wilson. They traded up for Barrett Tucker. Elijah Moore, the slot wide receiver out of Ole Miss, he's that motion movement wide receiver. In today's NFL, they can get free access off the line of scrimmage, has explosive playability. And Michael Carter, the running back in North Carolina, I mean, he's going to challenge Tevin Coleman for that number one spot. What about Baltimore? You know, Rashad Bateman, Colin Wallace, two wide receivers that have to upgrade that passing game with Lamar Jackson. And a guy like Bateman, he can be deployed or utilized like an Allen Robinson, in my opinion. You can play the backside X, you can put him in the slot, create matchups there. I think that was a good draft in terms of upgrading that pass game and expanding that pass game with Lamar and giving him more targets, especially explosive play options, than a guy like Tylen Waltz. I think a lot of people believe the the Bears had the best draft. Is there a team outside of that you think ended up doing better? Um, you know, I like the Bears draft because obviously you make the aggressive move for Justin Fields and you make another aggressive move for Tevin Jenkins. And I like mm-hmm. Tevin Jenkins. He's someone that can reset the line of scrimmage in the run game. I think you can play both tackle spots. Really looking at the top two picks there with the Bears because we all know once you get to day three, and that's where I was drafted as well, you're drafting for depth, you're drafting for special teams, you're drafting for guys to compete for roster spots. So the Bears is more of a top-heavy draft, but you're getting two premier players that you believe can be high-end starters pretty quickly. And that's the thing with Justin Fields. Guys, I had a discussion the other day, when do you play him? If I'm Matt Nagy, I'm giving Justin Fields every opportunity to win that starting job. Every opportunity to win that starting job. Because to develop in today's NFL, one, you have to play. Okay, You have to develop with game reps. And I think he has those traits and those tools we talked about to elevate your offense. Now, understandably, he's going to have to beat out Andy Dalton. Uh, you have to win a starting job in the National Football League. But I'm going to put him in a position where he has that opportunity to win that job because I believe, like we talked about, elevate your offense, has the playmaking traits of the position. And that is something they need in Chicago. Yeah. 
It, it's interesting. We saw the odds pop yesterday on, on the week one starters, and Andy Dalton is the favorite. Things change quickly in this league, as we all know. He might be the week one starter, but doesn't mean he's going to be the week two starter. Matt Bowen, at Matt Bowen 41 on Twitter. Give him a follow. Read his great work at ESPN.com. Thank you, Matt. All right, guys. Thank you. Good stuff there uh, from the great Matt Bowen. We're going to switch gears to the NBA. Talk some association. Only a couple weeks left in the regular season. Have some big matchups tonight. Michael Gallagher from Establish the Run will drop by. It's Joe Ostrowski and Chris Raji. This is BetQL Daily on the BetQL Audio Network.